Chapter seven and eight of the Turnpike House by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter seven Webster's Childhood. Knowing what he did of Neil Webster, Mr. Cass was quite prepared to see him faint upon hearing the terrible truth. But to his unconcealed astonishment, the young man, beyond losing his colour, remained unmoved. I should like to hear the whole story, please, he said quietly mr cass was almost frightened by his calmness a glass of wine no i want nothing you have told me the worst what remains to be said can affect me but little the whole story please from the beginning when i am in possession of the facts i may be able to see some way of saving my mother from her unjust fate her unjust fate repeated mr cass with a flush why man alive she had all the justice the english law could give did she admit her guilt she neither admitted nor denied it not a word would she say good or bad for or against throughout the trial she maintained an absolute silence and went to prison uncomplainingly to my mind that looks like innocence the merchant moved restlessly in his chair do not force me to say unpleasant things he remarked irritably i want you to say exactly what you feel retorted neil i am here to hear the truth however disagreeable it is only by knowing all that i can help my mother if you will not tell me then i must see the lawyers who were concerned in the case i don't think they will mind giving me pain but if you are the friend i take you to be you will speak out his self-possession was so much at variance with his usual demeanour that mr cass stared if you will have it then he said roughly i believe your mother was guilty had there been the slightest chance of proving her innocence she would have done so for your sake ah my poor mother nell's face grew soft and tender and a look of deep affection came into his eyes my mother how she loved me can you remember her love asked mr cass doubtfully now i can he raised his hand to his forehead it all comes back to me all that dream has given me the key to the past and the memories of my childhood rush back upon me i know how i hated my father his face grew dark and i know also how badly he treated my mother if she killed him she did right mr cass shuddered i quite believe all that he said dryly you were born hating your father and your mother taught you to look upon him as your worst enemy that you should deem her action in killing him a right one is exactly what you would believe having regard to your childish feelings towards him indeed i believe that had you grown up while your father was still in existence you would have killed him yourself very probably remarked neil just as dryly indeed i did try what i don't understand i dare say not seeing my mother kept silence from the time of her arrest but i remember that on the night my father was murdered at the turnpike house i flew at him with a knife i forgot all that took place after that except that i was in the room and saw his dead body lying under the open window the open window he repeated quietly and with significance do not forget that mr cass what do you mean i mean that someone else might have killed him the window was open why should it have been open unless the true murderer had gained entrance by it and had fled through it when his deed was accomplished i do not believe that my mother is guilty in spite of her silence she has some reason for holding her tongue 
i can't think what the reason can be replied mr cass wearily leaning his head on his hands for love of you she would have chosen to remain free yet when a word according to you might have saved her she held her tongue and risked the gallows for the first time neil webster shuddered how was it she escaped that he asked in a low voice the case was so extraordinary that a petition to the home secretary was got up and he commuted the sentence to one of imprisonment for life yet i must tell you the general opinion was that she was guilty she was pitied for all that when the story of her husband's brutality came out in the evidence and my father said neil impatiently raising his head tell me more mr cass hesitated a moment jenner deserved his fate he treated his wife abominably she had been left to starve after having been put to many shifts webster raised his hand with a cry of pain i remember don't he said my poor mother i can recall in some degree that is so far as a child could have understood our terrible life in london then we came down here yes i did what i could for your mother for i had always respected her very much but she was a difficult person to manage and she refused my help on the ground that it was charity so it was said neil between his teeth and i have lived on your charity ever since my dear lad mr cass laid his hand on the young man's arm don't be so thin-skinned whatever i have done you have more than repaid me by your success and if you feel that you cannot bring yourself to accept the money i have spent upon your education why then pay me a sum to be agreed upon between us surely that will set your mind at rest neil shook his head the obligation remains the same he said gloomily i shall ever remain grateful to you and i will repay the money i know that whosoever else may be a scoundrel and the world is full of them you at least are a good man mr cass winced as neil held out his hand but the feeling passed away in a moment and he did not refuse the proffer of friendship the best of us are bad he said with a sigh but i do my best to behave as a man should however he added glancing at the clock it is growing late will you hear the rest of this story to-morrow morning no and neil settled himself resolutely in his chair now that i have heard so much i want to know all my mother lived in the turnpike house did she not yes it was a tumble-down old place and belonged to heron's father to heron's father neil made a wry face for he did not like the idea she paid no rent for it continued mr cass taking no notice of the interruption heron refused to accept any then she did sewing for several people in the village my sister mrs marshall who was then unmarried gave her work and sometimes food when she would accept it which was not often in this way then she lived and found all her joy in you i have a faint memory of that terrible life said neil musingly my poor mother with her bright hair and blue eyes always so kind and tender to me then that night ah how it all comes back to me the dream the dream and in his agitation he rose to his feet it was a shadow of the past that dream i was playing with a toy horse by the fire my mother was sewing then he came my father i remember running at him with a knife and afterwards nothing is that the very last of your memories asked mr cass watching him keenly and with an uneasiness he found it hard to disguise 
neil webster sat down and passed his hand again across his eyes with a weary gesture yes no that is i remember the dead body with the blood and afterwards the cold the mist the the he made a gesture as though brushing away the past i remember nothing more the cold and mist are easily explained mr cass said after a pause your mother after the murder took you in her arms and fled from the scene of her crime don't say that cried the young man give her the benefit of the doubt mr cass smiled sadly unfortunately there was no doubt my dear boy your father was killed with a buck-handled knife which had been used to cut bread and the knife the knife muttered neil straining his memory yes it was a buck-handled knife i ran at him the knife was your mother's and was found beside the body of the dead man undoubtedly your father came back after his release from prison and insulted the woman he had ruined i can't bear it not a word more of that only the fact well there must have been a quarrel and your mother goaded beyond herself no doubt struck at your father with a knife which was lying on the table how do you know that because the table was spread for supper and the knife was of the kind that is used to cut bread i remember something about eating muttered neil go on please the murder was discovered next morning by a woman who had gone to the turnpike house to get what mrs jenner was doing for her she gave the alarm and suspicion fell at once upon your mother the police were informed and search was made your mother was found five miles away under a hedge insensible with you in her arms she had succumbed to cold but she still lived would she had died altogether said neil sadly you were in a high fever raving mad what did i rave about about the dead man and the blood and you frequently cried out to your mother to kill him that had something to do with bringing the crime home to her cruel cruel to take a child's ravings as evidence that was not done said mr cass sharply the law treated the prisoner neil winced perfectly fairly but the suspicion was instilled into the hearts of those who had heard your words she didn't deny the charge she denied nothing hardly opened her mouth in fact i got a lawyer to her i saw her myself and implored her to speak but she obstinately refused all she asked was that i should take charge of you which i promised i would do neil looked up sharply and asked the pointed question why i don't think you should ask me that mr cass said somewhat pained have i not proved myself a friend to you was it not natural that i should feel sympathy for a girl who had been a member of my household your mother remember had been governess to my eldest daughter and your father had been in my employment why should you suspect me of any motive save that of sorrow for the ruin of a woman whom i had liked as a bright girl and pity for a helpless child forgive me if i am wrong neil shook hands with much penitence but i am suspicious now of all the world heaven help me go on there is very little more to tell i took charge of you as i had promised and i placed you with mrs gent who is an old servant of mine you were seriously ill and were not expected to live seeing that your mother was in jail and your father dead by her hand i used to think sometimes that it would have been better for you to have died i'm glad i did not cried neil with vehemence i have lived to vindicate my mother's innocence 
you are not likely to where others have failed mr cass said sadly however although i thought it would be better for yourself and for all concerned that you should not recover i did not feel justified in letting you slip through my fingers i got the best doctors to see you and they managed to pull you round after months of suspense but the memory of your childhood up to the time of your illness was gone from you for ever it was just as well seeing how terrible that childhood had been i made no attempt to revive your dormant memory and i warned mrs gent not to say anything either we supplied you with a fictitious past i know said neil with a faint smile the american parents i believed in them until i went to new york then i made inquiries but as i could find no trace of them and could hear nothing about them i began to doubt their existence if it had not been for my relating that dream you would not have informed me of the truth no mr cass said honestly i would not seeing what pain it must have inflicted upon you i should have simply requested you to forget ruth and go away the rest i would have spared you i thank you for your forbearance neil said politely but coldly but providence knew that i had a duty to perform and so gave me back the past oh it was no miracle he went on with a shrug i am not a believer in the supernatural as you know i can see how it all came about can't you no i confess that i am amazed that the dream should have been so accurate or indeed that it should have come to you at all dreams i have heard are only the impressions of our waking hours in more confused forms said webster quietly and as i had received no injury to the brain itself my memory was only dormant not destroyed it was awakened by the sight of the face in that photograph ah so it was mr cass said and the sight recalled your instinctive hatred for the man that was why you fainted exactly and no doubt all that night my brain was busily running back through the years then i found the turnpike house what took you there neil shrugged his shoulders it might have been an accident but i do not think it was my own belief is that the awakening of memory drew me there and when i got into that room all came back to me in my sleep however i know the truth now so nothing else matters henceforth i devote myself to proving the innocence of my mother you will never do that mr cass said decisively you think so because you believe her guilty i believe her wrongs drove her mad and that it was in a fit of madness she killed her husband yes well i don't agree with you neil said the first thing i intend to do is to see her where is she cass wrote down the information on a slip of paper and threw it across the table to the young man but i think you are starting on a wild goose chase he said take my advice and leave the matter alone you are neil webster the violinist you have no connection with crime no i am gilbert jenner the son of a murdered man and of a womanly wrongfully accused i loved your daughter mr cass i love her still but i give her up i will not see her again to-morrow morning i leave this house for ever no said his host with decision if you intend to make an attempt to prove your mother's innocence i have a right to help you and to know your plans so be it do your appointed work he offered his hand as to ruth neil interrupted him she is a dream of the past 
my new life has nothing to do with love but with revenge chapter eight hercules and omphale the next morning neil webster was conspicuous by his absence his excuse was that he had been suddenly recalled to town on business mrs marshall was not deceived and on the first available opportunity she drew her brother aside you have got rid of him i see she remarked with evident satisfaction but ruth will not submit quietly to all this in the first place she will refuse to believe that he has given her up such a sacrifice is beyond the conception of a pretty girl in the second wait a bit inez let us dispose of number one first of all ruth will be convinced that webster has given her up for the simple reason that he has left a letter telling her so ah then that is why she has not come down to breakfast i dare say she is weeping and storming in her room i'll go and-no no leave her alone if you go and annoy her there is no knowing what she will do you know how headstrong you should have trained her better said his sister all the training in the world will not tame our mother's blood in her or in you for the matter of that i know i am strong-minded if that is what you mean well if you like to call obstinacy strong-mindedness there is no need to argue no doubt we both mean the same thing with a difference finished mrs marshall jenny brawn was loud in her lamentations when she came to hear of the master's departure she went at once to ruth and found that young lady far from tearful pacing her bedroom in a towering rage jenny paused at the door she saw that ruth had a pencil scribbled note in her hand what is the matter asked miss brawn amazed at this exhibition of temper ruth pounced upon her matter enough she cried flourishing the letter here is neil gone to town in the most unexpected manner without even an excuse to me read this jenny he says he is called away on business said the young lady when she had mastered the contents of the note well that is no doubt the truth the truth pshaw you don't know men my dear they tell lies in the most plausible manner but neil cannot deceive me all i want to know is who the woman is miss brawn's freckled face grew crimson you have no right to say such a thing as that it is not like a lady i am a woman before i am a lady cried ruth and a jealous woman at that don't i know how all the creatures swarm after him just because he is handsome and famous he has told me all sorts of things about the notes and the presents they send him and-it was not nice of him to do that remarked jenny for once blaming her idol well ruth dropped into a chair fairly worn out by her rage it was not his fault i worried him into telling me everything he did not want to i must do him that justice how did you worry him into betraying others you are a woman and ask that oh i forgot you are not in love or rather no man is in love with you why you stupid little creature if a man loves a woman he'll do anything she tells him besides he did not mention names he only told me that he got heaps of presents and letters but i want to know who the woman is he has gone up to meet i dare say there is no woman my dear jenny you don't know men mr webster is devoted to you so he says huh ruth why he shows it in every way i'll put on 
cried miss cass determined not to be pacified but i'll get the truth out of my father i hear from the servants that neil was with him in the library for three hours last night then that is the explanation your father has refused his consent to the marriage and the master has gone away nonsense do you think he would give me up like that and leave me so cold a letter no there is something else a woman i am sure but i'll get the truth out of my father i have as wild a temper as aunt inez when i'm roused i can be nice enough jenny as you know but oh how nasty i can be when i make up my mind you have evidently made up your mind now said miss brawn who had known all about ruth's temper when they were at school together and at this juncture judging from previous experience she considered it prudent to retire before she herself could be brought under the harrow ruth left alone did not rage any more she put on her prettiest dress bathed her eyes which were reddened with tears and went down to try and cajole her father mr cass was in the library and one look at her face was enough to tell him why she had come he argued however from her studied amiability that she was in a particularly aggravating mood but long experience of his mother and sister had taught him how to deal with this sinister sweetness he was immediately on his guard for as he well knew if the truth was to be got out of him his daughter was the one to get it dear papa she said sinking into a chair beside the desk and patting his hand i am in great trouble i know determined that he would carry the war into the enemy's camp mr webster was with me last night ruth started to her feet with a tragic expression on her face and you have forbidden our marriage she cried and her air was that of a siddons what else did you expect her father asked neil is a good fellow but he is not the son-in-law i want and indeed i should be sorry for his own sake to see him marry you he is too gentle and kind what you want my young lady is a master no man shall ever master me his daughter said calmly and has he given me up without a word no he said a good many words but i am adamant so far as this ridiculous marriage is concerned he accepted the inevitable after some fighting and took his departure this morning before you were up i see he added glancing at the note in her hands that he has written to you yes ruth gave it to him but it explains nothing it explains all there is to explain said mr cass let the matter drop neil has gone away on business so we will say nothing about his love for you you'll soon get over it indeed i shan't sobbed the girl now on the tearful tack it is cruel of you to send him away when i love him so i don't believe he gave me up because you refused there is something else there is nothing else mr cass's tone was decisive but ruth's fine ear caught something of hesitation in his voice and she dropped her handkerchief from her eyes with a triumphant air i knew there was something else what is it something about his parents mr cass started and changed colour at this chance shot good heavens child who told you anything about his parents he said and no sooner had he said it than he repented his rashness for thereby she had gained an advantage which she would not be slow to seize why 
she said very slowly with her eyes fixed on her father's perturbed face it was just this way neil told me about his parents having died in america and how you had brought him up at bognor did he tell you nothing else mr cass was beginning to feel that she was too much for him this was an opportunity which the girl was too clever to lose well he did not tell me everything she said he couldn't you know i'm glad he had that much sense mr cass said with relief ah papa now i have caught you cried miss cass clapping her hands i know nothing then except that you brought him up but you admit that there is something else which has stopped the marriage he saw that he had been overreached i can tell you nothing he said very well papa she said turning to go i'll write to neil and ask him to tell me the truth he won't tell you oh yes he will he loves me and i can get anything out of him girl ruth her father seized her arm if you can be sensible do not write to webster he has gone out of your life of his own free will i will never never believe that and she flushed angrily do you think i don't know when a man loves me or not i will see him and learn the truth i forbid it and ruth saw that her father was very angry with the cunning of a woman who is determined to get her way she suddenly yielded feeling that she could best gain her ends under the mask of peace very well papa she said with a few tears but it is very hard on me i love him and you have sent him away for no fault of his own i'm sure he is not in fault he is unfortunate in his parents she asked amongst other things was the reply my dear child he took her hand if you are wise you will leave things as they are i should like you to marry heron but if you do not wish it i will not press the matter as to neil put him out of your head once and for all he can never be your husband now go and he pushed her gently outside the library door what on earth can it be thought the girl as she took her way to the winter garden has neil committed some crime or has she had reached this point in her meditations when she suddenly came upon mr marshall he was pale and had a look of alarm on his face when he saw her he gave a startled cry why good gracious uncle what is the matter asked ruth oh it's you replied marshall i thought never mind what i thought i'm upset oh aunt inez has been giving you a bad time said the girl with some amusement she knew very well what a tight hand that lady kept over her elderly don juan and when her uncle nodded she continued i am upset myself uncle he has gone away are you talking of neil webster he asked with an obvious effort yes did you know how much i cared for him uncle and what's the matter for mr marshall with an ejaculation had jumped up and was looking at her with an expression of dismay nothing is the matter he gasped and it was quite evident that he was not speaking the truth but i must confess i did not know that you cared for him ridiculous why he can never marry you so papa says replied ruth somewhat disconsolately he has refused his consent quite right quite right ruth put the ocean between yourself and that man but never have anything to do with him it is 
he looked round and approached his lips to her ear it is dangerous don't say i told you and before she could recover from her astonishment he had slipped away with an alacrity surprising in so heavy a man ruth remained standing utterly perplexed by the manner of her usually careless and good-natured uncle i wonder if he knows why neil has gone away she thought i will find out the reason she went on to herself i am as obstinate as they are since they won't tell me i will write to neil this she proceeded to do demanding to know the cause of his departure if you love me as you say you will not give me up at my father's bidding i am ready to brave his anger for your sake can you not be as brave as i the reply came as she had expected by return and it was with a violently beating heart that she tore it open i must give you up he wrote it is in vain to fight against the destiny that parts us i love you still but it is my duty to forget you do the same for only in that way can you be happy oh he is mad cried ruth angrily and if he thinks he can put me off in this way he will find his mistake i will know she stamped her foot i will i will notwithstanding ruth's refusal of him geoffrey heron had not gone away he was too deeply in love with her for that and remained like a moth fluttering round a candle sometimes he felt annoyed with himself but he was no longer his own master then much to his surprise the girl sought him of her own free will he was delighted though he wisely strove not to show it she suggested a walk in order that they might not be interrupted after some preliminary skirmishing she led the conversation up to the departure of neil webster i am sorry she said with a sigh you need hardly tell me that replied geoffrey not very amiably for he was annoyed by the speech and the sigh i know he is the lucky man if he is lucky he does not value his luck what do you mean i understood from miss brawn that you were engaged to marry him ah that's just it i was engaged but now he has gone away without a word i don't believe he cares one bit about me what a fool oh ruth if you only knew i do know she said kindly you want me to be your wife well i refused because i could not really love you but you know that i do like you extremely even that is something and if it were not for neil well i might bring myself to marry you no he said firmly i also have my pride much as i want you to be my wife i will not consent to that unless you can tell me that you love me won't liking do no gruffly liking will certainly not do i might grow to love you in time i wish you could but what does all this mean she thought for a moment then she said i hope you won't think me bold for speaking openly but the fact is well i was engaged to neil and he he has broken our engagement ah exclaimed the young man and how can i remedy the situation go to him and ask why he went away i cannot do you expect me to bring my rival back to you if you loved me and wished me to be happy you would i don't want to see you happy with another fellow and his manner was eminently human i want you to myself well you will not get me by behaving in this way cried ruth now thoroughly exasperated 
this is the very first time i have ever asked you to do anything for me and you refuse geoffrey temporized supposing webster were to persist in his refusal to come back to you would there be a chance for me miss cass looked straight before her with her nose in the air i really don't know she said coldly i make no bargains very well said geoffrey most unexpectedly i'll do it End of chapters 7 and 8